Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Good day? Okay, I hope, because some of you don't sound convinced yet. And you're, you want to say yes, because Paul's about to tell us it's a good day. Okay, so let's try it again. Good day? All right, good. All right, hey, second service came early. All right, that's good. Just got to tease you guys a little bit. Hey, um, good morning. Uh, it is good to be here. Very excited. We're continuing our series in the book of Philippians. We're doing our second passage. We'll be um, chapter 1, verse 15 this morning. Uh, but welcome to Rock Bible Church. We are a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. We're compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, be in a community that serves the greater community. Amen? Uh, and we're doing the best that we can. I figure if we're going to go to church, you should be able to hold a coffee, have a donut, wear your sports gear or flip-flops or dress to the nines, whatever you want to do. Uh, what it's really about is coming and worshiping. Amen? Uh, and boy, that was fun. The music, the songs, pretty, pretty, pretty good feeling, right? It's a reminder of why, why do we come here? I mean, it's raining. You could have stayed home, cuddle up in front of the TV, watch a football game. There's plenty of things you do. You know, we know you have many choices when you fly. We thank you when you fly with him. Um, and uh, just was excited this morning. I don't know. A little, little bug in my cap. I'm coming to church this morning. It's like, hey, I get to go to church today. So, amen. Hey, um, let's jump in. I'm very excited by the bingo, by the way, um, because I, w I was... Um, frozen out last time. Last time we did the bingo, I lost every single game. And so I'm trying to break my losing streak. So I'm looking forward to it. Hope you'll join us for that. Um, but let's, let's pray and let's get going. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for rain and uh, what it does for us. And may it be a reminder of all that you do for us. Light of what we just sang. Pray, Lord, that um, this morning... As we look at your word, uh, you would show us even more that you do for us, and pray that we could rejoice in it. So Lord, uh, point us in the direction of progress with you, and help us to enjoy it. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Look at your outline, get at the top, Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 30, and what does it say? Progress and joy. Okay, cat's out of the bag. That's what we're talking about this morning. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to have a little fun with this. I'm just going to ask you a question. Who's, who's project, progress and joy you think we're talking about this morning? Yours or his? Oh, there we go. Okay, how about both? All right, we're going to give you the secret to uh, progress and joy this morning. Both his progress and joy, what's he working on, what's he happy about, and how can you be part of it and enjoy it, all right? So we're going to look at that this morning, and I want to um, just jump right in. Uh, Paul has been talking about uh, the fact that he's imprisoned. He's uh, not doing well. He's got some opposition, uh, but the first 14 verses, he just talks over and over about the gospel, about believing in Christ, and that's why he's there, and no matter what's going on, he wants to honor God. 
Uh, so we're going to see that a little bit more. He's going to continue that theme. It's the same letter, right? Just because I broke it up doesn't mean it's you know, necessarily different. Uh, verse 15, some indeed preach Christ. You preach Christ? Kind of weird. Do you preach Christ? Well, I wouldn't say it that way. Preach Christ, that's what Scott does on Sundays, right? That's what Brent does. Bryce is responsible for that, you know. Megan does it with the students, and Gene with the children. That's, that's their job. Mm, not so much. Uh, we, we determined last week that uh, Paul's kind of right into all of the church, right? You all got job descriptions last week, remember? What are you now? Saints, right? I was talking to somebody this week, um, and they were laughing about how they're going to go this week, telling everybody they got promoted. Got promoted to saint. Um, one of the things we do is we talk about Christ. We represent Christ. Uh, there have been times in my life where I've felt a little convicted that I'm a pastor, I'm in ministry, project Christ and study the Bible a bunch, and then in my everyday life, it's like, how much do I talk about him? And be reminded, like, we got to take advantage of what we have. Uh, part of the path of joy is talking about him. Uh, but some do it from envy and rivalry. Why would they do, why would they do that? Why? You know, some people um, use God for their own benefit out of envy. Envy of what? What are they envying? Being in charge? Being important? Uh, what's the rivalry? They preach Christ to be important themselves or to fulfill their own agenda, which is done what to Christ and done what to them. That's the rivalry, a rivalry with self. Um, so whoever they're preaching to is not the focus or the value. Uh, the truth, not the focus or the value. It's just whether they get their way. Uh, that's super dangerous. Let me guess, let's guess at this. Do you think that's the path to progress and joy? No, okay, right, here you go. Uh, so they preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. We're gonna find out what that goodwill here is in uh, just a minute. Um, the, la the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. So apparently, uh, Paul's talking about some specific things. Apparently, Paul has some opposition. Somebody doesn't like how he's leading, although he's leading from jail and not necessarily healthy, um, but giving him a hard time, and some are supporting him because they know whatever he's doing, he's doing it to try and promote the gospel, defend the gospel, talk about Christ, um, project God. There a difference between those two? How fast does it take for you to identify the difference between those two types of people? People are supportive doing things for God and people are doing for themselves out of envy and rivalry. You can sniff them out like that, right? Uh, kids are the worst because they recognize them right away and then they tell everybody. I don't like them, <laughs> right? Uh, the former proclaim, verse 17, proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition and now, now we're just stating it out, right? Right? That's that envy rivalry group. But not sincerely thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. 
You know, by the way, that not sincerely, that's like a, what the, the bad guys are not doing. What's the assumption then of what the good guys should be doing? When you preach Christ, when you talk about, when you represent God, you should do it with sincerity. I know I went from sincerely to sincerity. We changed the tense of the word. I know that's rough. Um, uh, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Whoa, somebody's speaking out against the leader. Why? It's selfish. There's some kind of ambition. They're trying to go in a direction that they want things to go. This poor guy's in jail. He's sick, and he's still trying to lead, and they figure, well, the cat's away, so let's be mice. Let's take over. Uh, Paul says, verse 18, what then? So to what end? We got these two groups both preaching Christ, one in ways that are inappropriate and another in ways that are trying to honor the gospel. And watch what Paul says. Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. See, here's the thing. We look at the bad group and we say, oh, that's not me. No, that would never be me. I would, would never do that. We think we're in the good group. I'm, I'm in the good group with like the band and the rest of the leader types at church. And then we would look at the bad group and we would point the finger, well, point the finger and shake the finger at them, right? Like, oh, look at them. Da, da, da. And what Paul says here is he's like, hey, does it really matter? They're going down a path that's wrong, whatever, but what Christ was proclaimed. Can you take something good out of that? Kind of interesting. This guy being the ultimate optimist, right? Projecting positivity all the time. He's like the original Ted Lasso, right? Uh, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I, what? Rejoice. There's our word, joy, right? It's going to come up again, actually, um, specifically. But verse 19, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my, What? Deliver. Paul thinks he's getting out. Why would he think that? Why would he think that? Why would he think he's getting out? Does he represent the good guys as far as Rome is concerned? They have any intention? Like, what's what are their plans for him? He's done. And yet he has some kind of faith or some optimistic outlook that somehow he's going to be delivered. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but it, he states that he's got some kind of physical ailment, never talks about it, hasn't been delivered from that. Why, why the positivity then? Why, why the projection of hope? He says there's going to be progress Right? I'm going to be delivered. That's, that's assuming it's going to get better. Why would he do that? No, let's ask this question. Do you do that? You can be delivered? Whatever's going on? Think of your uh, top three complaints. Let's, let's have a little, let's have grumpy Sunday. Top three complaints. Don't say them out loud, okay? Because people might not like you. Top three complaints. Are you going to be delivered from those three things? Are you going to be go two for three? That's good in baseball. 
One for three. It's kind of like you could probably keep your job on the baseball team. Or you can be 0 for three. You're just going to have to deal with this, and it's never going to get solved. Where do you land on that scale? It should be three for three. I've been, I've been thinking about this all week. You will be delivered, period, from everything, no matter what. The end of the game, who wins? God wins. Who's he taking with him? Us, his followers, his believers, right? Is there no more sickness, no more death, no more, any, like, eventually, eventually, maybe not today or next week, or right? Maybe it doesn't happen until you die, but eventually, no matter what you think you have, you're going to be delivered. I think Paul's getting at this idea that, yeah, jail, I don't, I don't know, yes, no, eventually, I won't be here. Whether I'm leaving in a casket or I get out prior, prior to my death, that's not the focus. I'm going to get out. If I'm going to get out, if I'm going to be delivered, if I'm going to represent God, how do I carry myself? Great question. Uh, and, and he's going he's gonna to tell you you've got to do the same here in just a minute. Okay? Let's keep going. Uh, uh, deliverance, verse 20 as it is my eager expectation and what? My expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that will with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul's asking the question, not when do I get out? Am I going to get healed? Why are those guys picking on me? No, he's asking, is Christ honored? Hey, what if I have to, if I die in jail for the cause, still representing Christ and not with, withholding my stand or, or taking back my stance on following Christ and, and I have to die? Will that honor God? If I, if I got to go out like that, that's worth it. It's almost like the journey, how you carry yourself, is more important than the destination. Now, we would never say that quite that way because where's our destination? Heaven with God. That's really, really good. How about we say the road is as important as the destination? The progress, our progression is as important as getting there. Verse 21, for to me, to live is Christ. Not personal gain, not get my way, not have status, not uh, be a decision maker, um, not have everybody like me, have thousands of likes on my latest post or something. He says to, to die is gain. I live for Christ. I'm going to incorporate Christ in the things that I do with my family and people I hang out with, maybe even some of those that don't. How can I incorporate them with those that don't or have yet to? If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. If I get to stay and I do get out of jail, or if I stay in jail as long as I'm alive, who's he working for? He's working for Christ. What can we do with that? Had a... Um, 
late lunch yesterday with somebody not a church person, not a God person, not a Jesus person, the whole thing. By the end of the conversation, what are we talking about? God, Jesus, church. Sorry, sucker, you're sitting with me. This is where we're going, man. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. Mind your P's and Q's. You don't step on toes or offend or, or you know, do anything inappropriate or make them uncomfortable or whatever. But I can proclaim Christ. I mean, almost no progress yesterday. Maybe no progress yesterday. It was painful, a little bit, but... Think I enjoyed it? Yeah, but you didn't accomplish anything. Not yet. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Um, we want Christ honored in our body. Uh, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. If I'm going to choose life or death, I almost wonder if that's a little tongue-in-cheek. Like, does he really get to choose whether he lives or dies? He's jailed by the government of the world at that point. And he can't get over his illness. I wonder if he's maybe a little sarcastic. Well, which one will I choose? I can't tell. As if he gets to choose. But watch what he does with this. He says, I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Um, we've read the end of the book, Right? It's better there in every way. My favorite thing to do with my kids, um, if you're a pastor and you have kids, you get a lot of questions of, Dad, when we get to heaven, is there going to be blah, 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 right? Fill in the blank. Um, I've had a lot of fun with them saying, I think so, only there might be something way better. Oh, there can't be anything better than Zeus. He's just the best dog ever. It's like, no, there's way better. There's way better. Um, there's, there's better stuff there, right? So to die and go there, I mean, let's be honest. Once you come to Christ, come to faith, recognize what happened on the cross, why it happened, who did it, what it accomplished. I mean, shouldn't we just like elevator, beam me up, Scotty, like we're up with the captain's log now, right? We're just, we're done. We, don't, we graduated. Why not? Why why? Why are y'all still here? Why am I still here? Apparently, I haven't got enough of it right yet. I'm still trading, cramming for the final, as the ladies would say, right? Um, but he says, although it's better to be there, there's a reason to be here. Verse 24, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary. It's necessary to stay here? Huh. I'm not sure I read that anywhere. Why, why would it be necessary? On your account. I got you guys. You didn't see it coming. I said, progress and joy. Whose? Some of you said ours. I said, or you sure? Maybe his? Oh, yeah, both. His progress and our progress. Folks, you left out the second half of the greatest commandment. Right? Sorry, I got to go a little pastor on you for a second. Shame, 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 shame. Love your neighbor. Whose progress and joy? 
His, theirs, and ours, right? All three. He says, I'm staying here, why? And this is why you haven't been snatched up to heaven. Not all are saved yet. I love that line. Liam Neeson, um, the Holocaust movie. Schindler's List. And he's all upset at the end. I should have saved one more. If I could have just saved one more. That's why we're still here. Not so that you could uh, proclaim Christ out of envy and rivalry and you know, selfish ambition to do your own thing. No, uh, he's going to remain in his suffering. He's going to end what he's going through. He says, there's still progress to be made, and I'm going to enjoy it. Y'all coming with? Convinced of this? Do you think he's convinced? I mean, guy from jail is like, says we're going to keep going because people still need us. You still need me. I still need you. I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy. Why is Paul sticking around? To suffer for Jesus. No. God will never, never make you suffer purposelessly. If you're going through something, it's because there's progress and joy to be had. And you'll have to do it in faith. You know, as we, we as um, Christians, especially Western culture Christians with drive throughs and streaming shows, can you just drop all 10 episodes so I can watch them for the next eight hours? Neglect all my responsibilities because I want to do it when? Now is our favorite word. And in many ways, now is our favorite word. Uh, progress implies something. Can you, can, you play, can you make progress right now? Okay, how about right now? Can you make progress right now? You can't make progress in an instant. What's required for progress? Time. In the faith. Man, that, that, that faith word is rough. Right? Can you have faith right now? You can. That one's different, right? You all thought I was trying to trick you again. You can have faith right now. Can you have faith about what is right now? But what's the project? If you have faith right now about what's right now, why the faith? That, that there's like some progress, like going to get to another place, whatever you're having faith in, your hope is for the future. It takes time. Progress and joy and faith take time. That's why we're still here. What's the purpose of life? Love God, love your neighbor. Find other ways to say it. Find way, cute ways to trick others into it. Right? How about you show up and just pay the bill? Well, that wouldn't be equal because uh, they had an extra appetizer and uh, that's a lot of money. So what? We're only here for a little while. 
are you going to do with that time? You can be the guy, oh, Scott counts every penny. He's very accurate. We let him do the bill because he spits, splits it so, like, right down to, down to the penny. Oh, here's an extra 10 bucks. Then take the extra and count it off your bill. I don't care. You're worried about, like, who paid for the taco? You shouldn't get a taco then. Go hungry. We've got so much that we can accomplish, make progress with, and so little time to do it. And Paul from jail is saying, uh, folks, that's why we're here. So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. I love that little phrase, ample cause. When you watch me and what I'm going through, and I'm staying here to kind of keep helping you, even if it's only by writing you letters, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna keep doing it, and you should be watching this, recognizing that you have ample cause to glorify Christ. All right, now, let's get personal. Do you have ample cause? You know, really, it's um, kind of a dorky question. It's not a good question at all. Really, the question would be, how many ample causes can you count? How many ample causes can you testify to the region that God has blessed you, saved you, delivered you from something, gave you a relationship, gave you opportunity, gave you a talent or a gift, or didn't give you a talent or a gift so that you don't have to do that, right? So glad he didn't make me a plumber. Just not good at it. There's so many ample causes for you to glorify God. I get to sit with a guy yesterday, and someday I'll find out if we made progress or not. I don't know. Although, um, he is going to be reading a Christian book now. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Um, uh, we got to find ways to do that. Find ways to do that. Uh, because of my coming to you again. <laughs> See, Paul... Paul he doesn't really think that I'll, well, I'll be delivered eventually when I die and then, they, then the jail can't hold me because I'll be in heaven. And, uh, he thinks he's getting out, out. I'm going to get out of this. He believes God is bigger than the Roman government. How dare he? <laughs> he says, I'm coming to you again. Only let your manner of life, what's your manner of life? Not manna of life. What's your manner of life? It's like one of those Bible phrases. Sometimes you gotta, I got to make sure we translate them so that we're not just like reading the big words that you only read in the Bible. And What's a manner of life? Like doing like kindergarten language. The way you live. How you live. How you carry yourself. What you're projecting. Is that now? Is it just now? Is it later? Last week, at lunch today, when you're driving, when you're talking to the help, whatever business that you're at, it's all of those, right? How you talk to your kids, how you talk to other people's kids. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Ooh. How you treating people, how you thinking, what you prioritizing, what do you push for? So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. 
Now, this is probably a reference back to the, the first verse of the day, verse 15, where he talked about some people are projecting the gospel for envy and rivalry and selfish ambition, and some people are doing it out of goodwill. And, and they're trying to attack Paul and make his experience even worse. And he says, look, that's not what we do. Church doesn't do that. We do one spirit, one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. We don't pick sides. We don't do rivalries. We don't do selfish ambition. We don't blame other people. We work on what? The gospel. Side by side for the faith of the gospel. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. One of the things I would love about our church is if we could become less afraid. If we remove more fear. So-and-so said this, and the church isn't that, and my husband, my kid, blah, blah, blah. Call the ambulance. Eventually, you're going to get delivered. Act like it. Act like you're free. We sang a thing earlier about being free, right? Do we sing a thing about being free? Huh? And progress and joy? Um, Jeff, can you oblige me with the um, the blue slides? I think it is. Was it the blue ones? In a second, um, we sang, and I was really interested in these words, and so I asked um, him to put these up before the throne of God above. I have a strong and perfect plea. Why would you plea? Why ask for anything if you weren't going to be around for a while? And have some needs for the time that's coming, right? What does that create? Before the uh, throne of God, a great high priest whose name is love, right? God is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me, it sound, you think Paul believes this kind of stuff? I, I think this is right down the middle of where his head and heart are. Um, are we, did I skip the last one? Yeah, pleads for me, sorry. Keep going. Whoever lives and pleads for me, my name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. Bite your tongue. He's basically saying, I just love that. Uh, he says, let's, let's act like we're free. Let's keep going. We got Christ in heaven pleading on our behalf. You, 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 got, a, you got out of jail. You got your out of jail. You've served your time. You're done. It's paid for. It's like the criminal who says, okay, Scott, your time's free. You can go. Yeah, but I mean, I want to still lift weights in the yard and the mess hall is coming up in a little bit and I just, and you go back to your cell. Does that ever happen? And real, real convicts, do they ever go, like when they're let free, they, they're out of there. Say, somebody come pick me up. I want to, See the sky and go to the beach and you know, work on getting a job, all those kind of things. As Christians, we, we gotta stop acting like former life, the jail that we were in, bound by a bunch of stuff. Uh says, no, we're gonna keep moving. We're not frightened by our opponents. This is a clear sign to them of what? Their destruction. 
I asked you, you going to be delivered? I said, pick your three worst things. Let's do Grumpy Sunday. You all laughed and da-da-da. And then we said, no, you're going to be delivered from all of them. Three for three. You're going to be delivered. You know that's not true for everybody. God says blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. There's no forgiveness for that. You cross God. Whoops, sorry. You picked the wrong team. I don't do a whole lot of that. I don't like hellfire and brimstone. Um, I don't like looking out the back window. I, look like, I like looking through the windshield. Amen? Uh, but people are going down, folks. We're trying to save as many as we can. Uh, some want to go down, and they're going to do stuff, and they're going to do things, and they're going to cross God, and you know what? Get out of the way. Move out of the way. Because they're headed to destruction. Let them go. Some people don't want help. They want control. You can't have both. You really can't. There's a clear sign to them of their destruction. And, but, and also, this really doesn't translate very well from, from Greek, this but thing right here. Um, it's kind of like and or as well. It's a clear sign of your salvation. What's a clear sign of your salvation? Not being afraid. Walk with confidence. I'm not out yet, but I'm getting out eventually. Oh, yeah, when's that? Don't know. Well, how come you're so happy? I got stuff to do. You're locked up. Yep, I can write some letters. I can talk to the guy in the cell next to me. He's not a God guy. Probably won't make any progress. Doesn't matter. I'm going to make progress with me, though. When you can't make progress with other people, you can always make progress with yourself, can't you? See, I'm not going to let that one go. Can't you always make progress with yourself? All right, you're over two. Can you always make progress with yourself? Yes. Yes. Of your salvation, that from God, uh, which is why we can always make progress with ourselves, because that's God's desire for us. If you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. Great verse. Uh, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake. I love this. You said you're believing it. Why? You, for Christ's sake, you're going to believe in him and you're also going to suffer. Why are you still here? He's got stuff to do. Progress to be made. Now, is he going to make his progress? Let, let's go sovereignty a little bit. Like he's in total control. Amen? Is he going to make progress? Does he get what he wants? And he's undefeated? Okay. Uh, then, if he's going to get what he wants, and he's going to make progress, might as well enjoy it. Figure out how to enjoy it, right? It's like going to church as a kid. We drove like 40 minutes to get to church. Castro Valley to Berkeley every Sunday. I hated it. My parents said, well, we're going to make progress because you're going. I'll, I'll drag you in your pajamas. You don't have to have shoes. I don't care, but we're going into church. So you choose the condition you want to be when we go into church. But then they do this. If you get ready in this amount of time, we'll have donuts. I thought, well, if we're going, I might as well figure out how to enjoy it. Guess who was the first dressed every Sunday? Me. 
because I'm getting the biggest one, apple fritter. Bam, take you the whole ride just to eat the thing. Then you got to go into the bathroom and get cleaned up because it's everywhere. Right? We got to figure out how to do things for Christ's sake, and then we got to believe for the future that he's going to make progress. We have to believe that there's an enjoyable part of it, even when it looks like it isn't or feels painful. We put up with people. We um, take risks. We sacrifice things. We invest in stuff. We work. We engage. Look at this. Engage, that's us. We're supposed to be engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Why are you here? Conflict? For suffering? There's still people that can hear about God. You can still make progress. Um, you're to learn how to enjoy all those things. That's why you're still here. That's called the gospel. How do we save people and how do we save you? How do we help you make progress? Hey, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? I hope you can see why I was a little excited to be at church today. Uh, let's look at a couple fill-ins here and just some uh, concepts I want to make sure we draw out of this. Um, one, this verse I gave you at the top, it's verse 27. It says, I want your manner of life to be worthy of the gospel. I think that's kind of the point of everything that's going on in here. Your manner of life should make progress in joy in the promotion of who Christ is. Now, for me, I I've said this over and over. If you don't give me a how-to, I ain't going to do it. You can keep your devotional thoughts for yourself and share them at Sunday school. I'm going to go find something to actually do. They say, go build a house in Mexico for so poor person gets to have a home. I can go do that. That's a tangible thing I can do. Um, some of it, though, is, is a mental change. The to-do is, is a mental change. Okay. And so I want us to see that in this manner of life, we, we've got to understand and start applying some of these truths about progress and joy in our promoting of the gospel. Uh, the first one is this, that progress and joy are related. They're relatives. Now, I'm a little confused, like, who would name their kid progress? I don't get that. But they're related. You ever, you ever meet um, siblings, and you find out, I mean, you kind of can look at them and you're like, oh, they're totally related. They look almost the same. They're about the same height, size, and you're kind of, and you, and you, you risk, you venture a guess because it's pretty safe. Are you guys twins? Right? You ever done that? No? It's kind of a safe one. It's not like guessing if somebody's pregnant. Don't ever do that, right? But if somebody's maybe twins, and you, and you're just like, it's kind of fun. It starts the conversation. Are you, oh, you're our brother, sister. Oh, you're not twins? Okay, well, one's older than the other. Oh, oh okay. But you're related. You go together in some way. There's another way to say this. Progress and joy are a combo meal. Right? They're connected. They're elements of the same molecule. You can't split them. Now, I want to ask you this, though. Uh, which, one, which one comes first? Who's born first? If they were... Twins, which one was born first? You know, I decided to be happy, and then I started making progress. Great idea. Love that, Larry. Anybody want to go on the other political side of that party? Well, I was really struggling, but I started making progress, and then I felt really good. Worked that way too? 
Which one comes first, Rock Bible Church? Either one could come first. The point is this, we've got to pursue both. We've got to pursue, how am I making progress in my relationship with God? How am I helping others make progress in their relationship with God? And, and am I finding ways to enjoy it? Or am I just kind of standing back and observing if it's enjoyable? This is not a spectator sport for us, folks. We have uniforms. We're saints, remember last week? We're all saints now. Many times we treat the Christian faith as a spectator sport. We stand outside of it. We look at it, the things that are happening to us, the things we see happen to other people, and we say, oh, that's either good or bad. We try to judge and discern. There's one judge and one lawgiver. Their discernment comes from one place. Instead of standing on the outside, what if it could be bad and it could be good, but the real thing is when you jump into the game and say, I'm going to decide for it to be good. I'm going to enjoy it, whether it looks enjoyable or not. It might hurt a little. I'm going to rub some dirt on it, and I'm going to keep going. At some point, we got to say, you know what? Progress and joy are related, and it's an equation, and it's, it's like one of those really advanced math class equations where there's all these lines. Some of the lines you don't even recognize. And you look at it, and you just walk away. No, this is one that we're going to figure out what all the lines mean, and we're going to find the equal sign of what's beyond it. Yesterday morning, I was up at the uh, soccer field. The little girls' um, game was going on, and it was so awesome because they're so excited. They lost. They didn't care. They were having a great old time. They had this choreographed cheer before. They had a choreographed cheer at the end that were different they had snacks and ribbon in their hair and the whole thing, and the parents are going crazy. Apparently, they were all going to be going to the World Cup if they won, according to the parents. The little girls are just like, I'm happy to be out with my friends and having a great old time. At one point, one of the girls falls down, skins her knee. And she's down for a while, takes her a bit to get up. She finally gets up, and it's Niagara Falls, man, crying and holding her knee and like... Like, like she can't walk anymore, right? Apparently, if you don't have skin on your knee, you can't walk anymore. I didn't know this, but she's, she's doing this thing over there, and <laughs> you could hear, and I'm assuming it's the dad from the other side of the field, she's fine. <laughs> and I'm standing over with the team and the coaches, and I'm standing by one of the other coaches, and, the, and one of the coaches yells out, she's staying in the game, <laughs> And the referee looks at, kind of looks at the parents because the first comment looks at the coach for the second comment goes, okay. <laughs> and, and, and the girl was kind of like, oh. She's learning how to fake injuries as a soccer player, as a little girl. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know what's in the DNA of soccer players. You have to fake injury. I don't know. She was really hurt. But when, when they projected, you know what? We're going to keep going and we're going to enjoy this. It's just a little pain. Right? See, the second thing we need to know about progress and joy, not just that they're related, but progress and joy suffer. Progress and joy suffer. I can prove it to you. It'll take about 18 years. Have a kid. You'll make progress and you will enjoy it, but you will suffer. <laughs> 
progress and joy suffer. Look at all those references. Look at that. 17, 19, 20, 21, 27, 28, 29. Seven verses. I think I can find suffering in what Paul is calling us to. Is he calling us to comfort? No. Radio's not always going to play your favorite song. Oh, Scott, that's such an old reference. Nobody listens to the radio anymore. People aren't always going to listen to the radio anymore. You don't always get what you want. In fact, seldom do you get what you want. In fact, how about this? How about start enjoying someone else getting what they want rather than you getting what you want? How about try that? I, that's the majority of raising kids for me, being married, working with a bunch of other people, and not a single one of them is the same as me. I, I haven't been able to find, I just want five people that are identical to me. It's so much better then, right? No. You, you can tell it's full sarcasm. Why did God make us all so different? Have you thought about this? So you could suffer. It's forced family fun times. They think about things differently. They do other things. They show up late, but they think they're on time. And you were actually early, according to them. I mean, standard of measure is different for every single person on the planet. Reference masks right now. Policy on anything. Big, massive study of uh, the biggest churches, uh, largest organizations that made the best decisions that turned out to be absolutely successful decisions. They waited a while, see how it played out. Great decision. This big organization churches make these decisions. You know, what, was the, what was the highest approval rating that they got ever? In all the studies, the highest, best decisions only got 73% approval rating at the time of the decision. That means over 25%, over a quarter of the people are gonna be unhappy. Be one of them, or don't. Not everybody's always going to be happy. You're going to suffer. God's not going to give you the health that's absolutely perfect as defined by you. Because you, it would be perfect, God, if I was just this, right? I mean, I, I played soccer. I wanted to be amazing. I was really close to play college, and there was a chance that maybe you know, professional, and na, na, na. and of course, God stepped in. I started doing ministry, and so I ran. But I, I watched this, this kid walk through my house. He's six foot three, two hundo. He looks like an Adonis, and I just think to myself, how come I didn't get that body? If I was, what could I have done? Who knows? Who cares? I am the perfect me that God made me to be. Why? So that I could make progress and figure out how to enjoy it and suffer through the holes he gave me. You got holes? I don't mean orifices. You got shortcomings? You got problems? Absolutely. Ask your spouse or don't, right? No fighting in the car on the way home. But you're going to have to figure out how to deal with the suffer while you're pursuing the joy. And then you're asking yourself along the way, am I progressing? Where is God progressing? And am I on that path or am I straying? Or am I the other way? Lastly, 
progress and joy depend on Jesus. Progress and joy depend on Jesus. If you're not promoting the gospel, if you're not living a manner of life worthy of Christ, if you're not trying in some, it's impossible. The system doesn't work. It was designed to fail. In fact, he didn't say fail. He said destruction. You want to oppose the system? Okay. Go for it. What happened to the references? It says, except every verse, except verse 22, 24, and 30. How many verses is that? I don't know. 16 verses. We're 13 for 16. Now we're not playing baseball. Now we're shooting three-pointers in the NBA. You're hitting 13 for 16. You're setting world records. Uh, progress and joy depend on Jesus. Every single verse in the passage references Christ as a focus, a priority, or faith in him, or whatever. almost every single verse. What are 22, 24, and 30 about? <laughs> Us messing stuff up. <laughs> Us messing that When we're on our own, we're in trouble, right? It, it depends on Jesus. I'm amazed at how often... People say, well, you know, it doesn't quite work. Well, what, what, what are you doing? Are you making any progress? People, people actually do this to me. Hey, Scott, I want to have a meeting. Okay, let's meet. Where do we meet? Okay, so we, we walk in, sit down. I'm really having trouble. I'm stuck. I'm struggling. I, did, I have a question, whatever. And then, have you prayed about it? How'd you know that? Hey, Scott, I need to meet with you. I need the magic secret combo and the wand. That wand thing you wave over, it makes everything better. The sprinkly dust. I need the perfect verse. I need some, um, I need you to extol wisdom upon me and grant it to me. I beseech thee. Oh, okay. Have you prayed about it? No. Why are we meeting? You're referencing the worst source of the two. I direct competitive coaches for a Dublin United Soccer League. There, I admitted it. I get parents who email me. Our team is falling apart. Our coach stinks. They don't learn anything. No one's making progress. I think we should be blah, blah, you know, nah, nah, nah. Why'd they email me? I'm the director. I'm supposed to be the one that, you know, they went over the coach's head and they're going to deal with me. My favorite response, this is what I've been using lately. Have you talked to the coach? Question mark. Send. All right, what's for lunch? And I move on. They're going to the wrong source. We have questions about your team. Your coach is at every practice and every game. I've seen them maybe once or twice the whole year so far. Why are you talking to me? Go to the source. Ask him for help. You want to make progress? You want to enjoy it? Tell him that's what you want. 
I want, I want to start making progress, God. I want to start enjoying my relationship with you. And then careful, this is going to hurt a little. Right? You ever go to the hospital? You know, maybe get a shot of something. I don't know. I'm not going to go any farther with that. Um, this is going to pinch a little. Yeah. But it makes you better, generally. Watch what God does. Path he puts you on. People he puts you in front of. Then figure out, how do you cooperate? How do you be of one mind and one spirit, side by side, work together with him? Even if they've yet to believe in Jesus. How about that? We might actually get accused of loving our neighbor. And then they might make progress in joy. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thanks for um, the opportunity you allow us to stay in uh, the game. And thank you for, Lord, how what we would sometimes call affliction or suffering is actually just part of the process. And I, I pray, Lord, you'd show us uh, how to manage. And beyond that, Lord, how to enjoy what you put us through, what you put us in, what you let us have. If you're here this morning and you never asked for that, you never said, God, I want, I want to be part of you and I want you to be part of me. You can say that this morning. God, God, put me in places. Put stuff in me. Help me be with you. Let's do this together. I want to make progress and I want to enjoy it. You can say it in a lot of ways. Pick your favorite. Pray, Lord, that you would help them and help us. Remember that are all centers around you. Keep from us from distraction and bring us to progress. We thank you for the offering that we're about to receive. Pray you bless it. Amen.